Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into Chaos Radio. Your host, Derek Oliver. Controversial and community spiritual for your listening pleasure. All right, come on. This is Elder G. Bazaar. This is Watchman on the Wall, End Time Radio Ministry. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, everybody. 
Everybody on, we're here to let you know that the Lord Jesus Christ is still on the firing line. We're so glad to have you this afternoon. This is Elder G. Bazard. I'm coming to you from Warren, Ohio. End Time Global Link Ministry. This is him. Great evening. Let's bow our heads at this time as we get ready to come on. I'm sorry I'm having a little difficult getting on, but yet still we're going to get on anyway. Let's bow our heads at this time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. We thank you for giving us one more day, one more hour, one more time to come for you, Lord, and to talk about your love and your mercy. We ask you right now, Lord, as we come on, that somebody may be able to listen on and get on our firing line. This is Elder G. Bazaar, Watchman, Watchman on the Wall. All right, here we go. We're going to talk about Revelation this day. Amen. Revelation in the book of Revelation, starting with the beginning of it. It says these words right now. It says a revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified by his angels and into the servant John, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he who readeth who reads, and they who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. The book of Revelation, a book that the world refused to read, a book in which preachers and deacons and laymen and Men and women, boys and girls, refuse to read a book of the close of the age, a book that covers 1,007, no, it covers 3,700 years. It covers 3,700 years, the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation was written by John the Apostle, and it was given to God through his son Jesus Christ to give to the angels. The angels give it to the seven churches of Asia Minor. You would ask me a question, where would I get 3,700 years? 3,700 years come from the first chapter of Revelation to the third chapter of Revelation. From the first chapter of Revelation to the third chapter of Revelation, it covers the period of the church age. The church age covers the period of 2,000 years. 2,000 years, the church age is closed, and then we have seven years of tribulation period, a seven-year tribulation period. I'll say it again, a seven-year tribulation period, a period in which the world will be judged during the seven-year tribulation. And after the seven-year tribulation is over, then we will go into the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. And the millennium reign is found in the book of Revelation at the 20th chapter. Woo, let me tell you what's going on. The 20th chapter covers the 
millennium reign of Jesus Christ. So you got 2,000 years of church history. You got 2,000 years of church history. You got a seven-year tribulation period, and you got a 1,000-year millennium reign of Jesus Christ here on earth. All right. I'll go over that one more time so you won't get confused. The book of Revelation, first chapter, go all the way over to the third chapter. The third chapter is the end of the church age, which is the last church of the church age, which is Laocedians. The Laocedian church age reads like this. Third chapter, after what? The 10th verse. Let's see what it says. It says these words. Praise God. Listen what it says. <clears throat> it says, Laocedia. Laocedia. It says, unto the angel of the church of Laocedians, write. These things says, amen, the faithful and the true witnesses. The beginning of the creation of God. Now, this is the Laocidian church age. That's what we're living in now. We're living in the Laocidian church age. It says this, in the beginning of the creation of God, I know your works, and they are neither cold or hot. I will you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth, because you say that I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and know it not that ye are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel you to buy me gold tried in the fire, that you may be rich and white raiment. You may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness do not appear. And anoint your eyes with eyes that you may see. As many as I have loved, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Behold, I stand at the door. And if, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh, I will grant to him. Huh? I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne. Even also, I've overcame and sat down at my father's in his throne. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says into the church. This is the church age right now. Lay old city, the end of the church age. Now, in the book of Revelation, it shows you that at the end of the church age, the last church on earth will close with Laocidian. And the condition of this church is bad. It is bad. It is, it is bad. This is what it says. It says in the 16th verse, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth because you say I am rich with goods and have need of nothing 
and know it not that thou art. Listen to what it says. You are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. Five categories of the condition of this church. Number one, it is wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked in the eyesight of God. In other words, spiritually depraved. This church is consisted of people who claim to know Jesus Christ. Claim to know Jesus Christ, but they do not have the power to live the holy life through Jesus Christ. So they have a form of godliness, but they do not have the power. They say they know Christ, but experience with the shed blood of Christ by him dying on Calvary's cross, and through his blood, man can receive salvation. But people are not claiming the blood of Christ. They may claim Christ, but they do not claim the blood of Christ. You can claim Christ, but the only way you can claim him in your soul and heart is through the blood of Jesus Christ, his, his death on the cross, his, his death on the cross, has been buried in the grave, and on the third day he was resurrected. And that same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ, God Almighty, is resurrected in your life. If you now have not been resurrected spiritually by what? The blood of Jesus Christ, that means you have not repented of your sins, and so you're still in your sins, but you claim that you know Jesus Christ. And this church is miserable. This church is wretched. This church is blind. This church is poor. And so we're living in a what? Lukewarm church age where Jesus Christ said that you're neither hot, you're neither cold. He said, and since you're neither hot or cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. My God. This church age right now is the most miserable time for this church to be in this condition because they have not receive Christ only by what? Only by mouth. Only by head do they know Christ. But they don't know Jesus Christ in their heart. So you got the third chapter closes 2,000 years of church history. That's in the book of Revelation. The first three chapters covers three chapters of the seventh church age. The seventh church age is characterized as being the church of Ephesus, which is the first church age. Second church age is the church of Thyatira. No, I mean, I mean the church of Smyrna, which is the persecuted church. The third church age is Pergamos, which means compromised church. The fourth one is the church of Thyatira. That's when the church is married to the world. The fifth church age is the church age of Sardis, which is the protest, the Protestant church age. The next sixth church age is the church age of Philadelphia, which is the evangelic church age, which is existing now. The last one is the church age of Laodicea. So these church ages are existing in today. They existed down through the age and they existed in the time of John the Apostle. And by that, we are covering three chapters just before what happens. 
What happens after the third chapter of Revelation? This is what happens after the third chapter of Revelation. Listen what it says in the fourth chapter. It says, after this, I look, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me which said, come up hither, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. Okay, this is John the Revelator giving a description of the rapture because he said, and after this, after what? After the church age, the church sees a door open, and the door was open where? In heaven. And the first voice which I heard was it was a trumpet talking with me. And this was talking with me was the voice of the Son of God. And the voice of the Son of God is found in the book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians four and seventeen. Let's see what happened in First Thessalonians and four seventeen. Four seventeen. 417 says these words. This is what happens. This is going to exactly happen pretty soon, real soon, sooner than I think it is. 4 and 17 says, we'll back up two verses. It says, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, which that we which are alive remain unto the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of archangels and the trumps of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then which we are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This is the rapture of speaking by Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul verifies what John said in Revelation 4 and 1. He said, after this, I looked and I saw what? I saw heaven open and a door open, and the first voice which I heard was it a trumpet, the trump of God talking with me, which said, come, what, listen, what, come up hither. So the fourth chapter gives you the picture of 1 Thessalonians 4, 14, 15, 16, and 17, gives you the picture of exactly what's going to happen in Revelation. And there the church will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and there we shall ever be with the Lord exactly the way Pastor Paul broke it down and gave us what John said, and we shall ever be with the Lord. That's the rapture, and we will meet the Lord at the judgment seat of Bema, which is the rapture of the church. The fourth chapter in Revelation gives you the picture of the rapture of the church. After that, we go to the judgment seat of Christ, and at the judgment seat of Christ, we are what? Worshiping the Lord. We are standing before Jesus Christ. 
the church is getting ready to get judged. In the fourth chapter of Revelation, sixth verse, and before the throne, there was a sea of glass likened to crystals in the midst of the throne and around about the throne were the four beasts, full, full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast the face of a man, and the fourth beast like the face of an eagle, and the fourth beast which had six wings, listen to this, listen to this, about him, and they were full of eyes. They rested not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, which is to come, which is, and which is to come. This is the judgment seat of Christ. And in the midst of the throne, there are four beasts, one like a calf, one like a lion, one like a face of a man, and one like the fine eagle. These beasts were saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, day and night, ceaseless forever, eternity. <clears throat> holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Give you the attributes of God Almighty. He's holy God. He's a holy God. He's a holy God. He's a triune God. He's a God of mercy. He's God of love. And in the throne, we see these beasts. The first beast represents a calf, which is a suffering servant, the face of a man, humanity, the face of an eagle, the deity of, God, of Jesus Christ, the face of a lion, the royalty, king of kings and the Lord of Lord. These beasts represent the characteristic of the four gospels of the New Testament. And these beasts are continually saying, Holy, holy Lord God Almighty. And the church, the church is at that present. That's the fourth chapter of Revelation. The fourth chapter of Revelation, we give us a heavenly worship. And he said, after this, I saw 24 elders. The 24 elders represent the 20, the 24 elders represent the 12 apostles and the 12 tribes of Israel sitting at the judgment seat of Christ, getting ready to be judged, getting ready to be judged. So right now, in the fourth chapter, the church is in heaven. Ah, look at here. The church is in heaven at the fourth chapter. As we go to the fourth chapter, the fourth chapter goes to the fifth chapter. We open the fifth chapter, and what we see in the fifth chapter, John said, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side, sealed with seven seals. The seven seals is getting ready to be opened. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seven seals. And no man, no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereof on. So we're in heaven now. This puts us in heaven, the church. 
Only the church, only the blood-washed ones, only the redeemed ones, only the ones that have been washed in the blood are going to be at this opening. And the opening is find a man that's open, able to break the seven seals. And the Bible said, third verse, no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither look thereupon. And John said, I wept much because no man was found worthy. There was not a human being. There was not an angel. There was nobody worthy to open the book and read the book and open the seven seals. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, behold, the lion out of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals. And I beheld, lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. Ooh, look a here, look a here. A lamb as it had been slain. Had been slain. Had been slain. What? Who had been slain? This represents the crucifixion of Christ. It's represented here by the word lamb, which refers to the fact that it was the cross. It was the cross. It was the cross which redeemed what? Mankind. You hear what I'm saying? I am saying it is the cross that had the power enough to redeem mankind by the slaying of the Lamb of God. Who is the Lamb of God? The Lamb of God is known other Jesus Christ, the Son of God, which is God Almighty in the flesh, slain before the foundations of the world, and gave the power, amen, in the right hand of Christ, when he was resurrected from the dead, he has slain for the sins of the world, and he is the only one. Listen to what it said. And he said, and it says in that fourth chapter, the fifth verse, and I stole and looked in the midst of the throne, the four beasts, in which in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, which would have been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he went and he came and took the book out of the right hand of him, which sat on the throne. And when he, the Lord Jesus Christ, had taken the book, Jesus takes the book. He's only the one that's worthy to look on the book, break the seven seals of the book. He's the only one capable of opening and breaking the seven seals. And he said, and when they found out, the 24 elders fell before the Lamb having every one of them harps and golden vows full of odor, which are the prayers of the saints. So the saints of God is in heaven. The 24 elders in heaven. The whole church is in heaven. And as they were in heaven, he sung a new song saying, you are worthy to take the book and to open the seal thereof. For you were slain. You were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every kindred and tongues and people and nations 
and have made us unto our God kings and priests. Hallelujah. And we shall reign on the earth. Now, here is Jesus Christ in heaven with the church, and he is telling us when we get to heaven, we're going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. After we judge at the judgment seat of Christ for our works, we are headed to what? Reign on the earth for 1,000 years. 1,000 years the church is going to reign on earth. We're going to be priests and kings. We are going to be with Jesus Christ. We are going to rule with him. We are going to see him. We are going to love him. We are going to enjoy him. We are going to be with him, and we are going to have places on this earth in the millennium reign to reign with Jesus Christ. And then John said, I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels around about the throne, the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessings. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, which are in the area of all that are in them, and I heard them. Blessed and honor and glory and power to him that sit on the throne. And into the Lamb, uh-oh, we are praising God. The church is praising God. The angels is praising God. The 24 elders praising God. Everything in heaven is praising God because we are at our, almost at our final destiny, amen, and that is to be with Jesus Christ during the time just before, what? Just before the seals are open. And since we have found one out of all of God's creation, only one man, the God-man, Jesus Christ, is found worthy to open the book and to break the seven seals. And when he breaks the seven seals, let's see what the poor beast says. It says, the poor beast says, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Ah, look here. Look what we done found. We done found somebody to open and break the seventh seal. We done somebody else to reveal us what happens after the church, what goes on on earth. So we first we're on earth, then we're in heaven, then we come back to earth. And in the fifth chapter, in the fifth chapter, we see the judgment seat of Christ in its fulfillment. In the sixth chapter, the sixth chapter of Revelation, now we're moving back to earth. We see what's going on, what's going to happen when Jesus Christ opened one of the seven seals. The seven seals, there's seven. This is what it says. Sixth verse, sixth chapter. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. The church is there. The 24 elders is there. The 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of angels are there. It is a glorious time. It is a wonderful time because now the church will be in heaven and we will see what's going to go on on earth after we get to heaven. We are going to see exactly what these seven 
seals are going to reveal to the world. Listen to what it says. And I opened one of the seals, and I heard as it was a noise of thunder of one of the beasts, saying, Come up and see. Telling what? This will follow the church. This will follow the rapture of the church. But we aren't told exactly how long after the rapture of the great tribulation will come. Come and see that it is destiny and cannot be avoided. And John seeing when Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the man from Galilee, the man that was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, the man that healed the sick and raised the dead and cast out devils, the man that went to Calvary's cross, died and suffered for our sin, the man that the nails was put driven through his hand and his feet, that he was pierced for our sins, he was he was he was ridiculed for our sins, he was beaten beyond recognition. This is the man that opened the seven seals because he was the only man that was capable enough to open the brick and break the seventh seal because he was God-man. And since he was God-man, God is sinless. Jesus Christ was sinless, but he bore our sins. He became a sin offering for us, that through him becoming a sin offering for us, he died on Calvary's cross, that through him we could be saved. So he was our sin offering, and by him dying for our sins, he can make us righteous. He was the only one that was able to open and break the seventh seal. Listen to what happens in the second verse. He said, and I saw, behold, a white horse. And he that set it on him had a bow in his hand, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth to conquering and to conquering. What shield is this? What do this white horse represent? This white horse represents none other than the infamy, the infamy of the Antichrist. This white horse represents the Antichrist. This will follow after the rapture of the church. Symbolically claims Antichrist presenting him to the world as the prince of peace. Mention no arrows. He preaches peace, but is preparing for war as a symbol of the bow. And a crown was given to him, and he went forth to conquering and to conquer. The crown represents the fact that he will conquer many countries. At first, he does so by peace, but will quickly graduate to war. Good God Almighty. When the Antichrist comes, he's coming riding as a symbolically on a white horse. This white horse represents that when he comes, he probably most likely but won't be riding across the sky on a white horse. No, he's not coming like that. But when he comes, he'll be coming dressed in white. He'll probably be driving a white limousine. He probably will come out, step outside the limousine with a white uniform on. This Antichrist will become dressed in white because white gives you an in-person and give you an impression that this man is righteous, give you an impression that this man is, uh, is, is Jesus Christ. 
because Jesus Christ will come riding on a white horse at the end of the tribulation period. There's another white horse coming. That is happening in the 19th chapter of Revelation. In the 19th chapter of Revelation, let's get this horse distinguished and let you know that this man is coming the first, this white man, this man that's coming on the first white horse is not the true Christ. He is not the true Christ. The true Christ is found in the book of Revelation at the 19th chapter. At the 19th chapter, the 11th verse of Revelation. Let's see what it says about a white horse. It says, 19th chapter of Revelation, it says, and I saw heaven open. Now, this is the return of Jesus Christ. This is when Christ comes back and he opens the sky wide open. He, he, he opens up the sky like a scroll rolled back from the east to the west. And John said, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. So this is another white horse, and this white horse gives you identification of the true Christ. Let's see what it says. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him is called what? Faithful, faithful, faithful. And what? True. True come from God. Nothing but truth come from God. Listen to the, 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 the first white horse. Listen to what it says. It says, he comes, he comes with a bow in his hand and no arrows, and a crown was given to him, and, and he went forth to concrete. Now, let's get this straight. So the first white horse don't say nothing about him being faithful, don't say nothing about him being true. Let's describe, let's give a description of this second white horse mentioned in what? The 19th chapter, 11th verse of Revelation. It says, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. There's only one judge. Jesus Christ is the judge. And his eyes were flame of fire and his head were many crowns, and he had on his name written, no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with the vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The same that in the beginning was God, and with, and the Word was God, and what? And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten Son. So the word of God is Jesus Christ. And he said he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of God. And the armies, uh-oh, the armies, here's the armies. Who's the armies? The armies is the church. That's the church right there. That's the church coming back with Jesus Christ in the clouds, Roll back like a scroll, and guess what? Christ opens up the sky. And when he opens up the sky, the world will witness him coming back in power and in great glory. And when they see him, they're going to wail with a, with, a, with a loud noise. They're going to cry out, and they're going to see Jesus Christ coming back on horses, coming back with the church. Coming back to set up the millennial kingdom. Coming back to set up the nation. Coming back to judge the nation. 
coming back to restore Israel, coming back to align everything that he said he's going to do, because everything that was taken away from the mankind and from Adam and Eve, God's going to take it back from Satan, and the world is going to be ruled by Jesus Christ during the millennium reign. During the millennium reign, Christ will reign on this earth for 1,000 years, and the 1,000 years covers 3,700 years, counting the three, the 2,000 years of church age and the 1,000 years of the millennium reign and the seven years of tribulation. So Revelation covers 3,007 years, and now we're living in the last 2,000 years before the rapture of the church, and after the rapture of the church, Jesus Christ will judge the world, and he will judge Israel. He will judge the Gentile nation, and it's going to take seven years for him to do it. Seven years it's going to take for God to judge Israel and the Gentile nation. And we will find in that book the first seal. Let's go back to that. Is six chapter, six chapter. Let's see what this white horse, this first white horse. Since we don't distinguish this first white horse and the second white horse, he said, "And I saw behold a white horse." That's the first one. And he said, "He that sat on him." So he that sat on him with a bow. So that he is representing the Antichrist, who sat on him with a bow. He comes in and brings in the world. Order. He tried to bring in peace. After he brings in peace, it says, and a crown was given unto him. How in the world, what did he have to do in order to receive a crown? What do this man on the white horse do in order to receive this crown? What do he have to do? Number one, he's going to have to do something extraordinary that the world cannot deny that it happened. Good God Almighty, this is what he's going to do. This is what he's going to do. And we know the devil ain't nothing but a copycat. Everything that God has, the devil does it. Everything that God has, the devil imitates it. And one thing the devil's going to be able to imitate, he's going to be able to imitate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ has already happened 2,000 years ago. So he comes on the scene and he does an imitation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You mean what you what you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the Antichrist will be assassinated in the middle of the tribulation period. And when he is assassinated in the middle of the tribulation period, by what? By an assassin, he will be shot in the head with a bullet, with a bullet. And he is going to what? Be killed in the middle of the tribulation period. The first part of the tribulation be a false peace. But the second part of the tribulation will be hell on earth. Because after the resurrection of this year Antichrist, he's going to be it's going to be done through Lucifer. Lucifer is going to have power enough to do what? After he is dead for three days. What's going to happen in heaven? What's going to happen in heaven? Lord, have mercy. Let me get back to this and let you see what's going to happen in heaven, that this Lucifer, this devil, is going to resurrect this Antichrist. Listen what happens. It says in the 12th chapter of Revelation, 
Let's see what happens in the 12th chapter of Revelation. And look what happened. In the 12th chapter, the third verse, it says, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and the seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she, Israel, brought forth a man-child, which is 144,000. That was at the beginning of the tribulation period. And who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron? And her child was caught up into the throne of God, refers to the rapture, and refers to the 144,000. And the woman fled into the wilderness, what? And where she was placed, prepared of God, and they should feed her a thousand two hundred and three score days, that's three and one half years. And then it says in the seventh verse, and there was a war in heaven. A war in heaven. This is not the first war that happened back down uh, six thousand years ago, when Satan was cast out of heaven. He caused a war in heaven, and God cast him to the earth. But this is another war, and there was a war in heaven. First and second heaven is where Satan is lodged at. Listen, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against the angels, and prevailed not, neither was there found any more in heaven. And the dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. And the angel was cast out with him. What happened here, Brother Bazaar? Could you tell me? Yes, Brother Bazaar, tell you through the word of God. There's going to be a galactical war between Lucifer and Michael. These are considered as UFOs, UFOs, unidentified flying objects. And the devil and his demons are flying beings. They fly. They don't have no bus terminal. They don't have no UPS. They don't have, they fly through the air as these so-called flying saucers. They use these machines, which are heavenly beings that's fallen from grace, fallen forever, fallen on their way to hell. They're coming down here on the earth through this fall that Lucifer is going to come to earth and infiltrate, invade earth. I'm going to take a little time to explain that to you. These angels, cherubims, fallen Nephilims, demons, these angels are disembodied spirits from ancient times. These angels existed where before Adam and Eve. These angels fell before Adam and Eve was put in the Garden of Eden. When they were put in the Garden of Eden, Lucifer came down here as the prince power of the air and took over the planet by the disobedience of Adam and Eve. But now, Lucifer, demons, and devils are having jurisdiction of first and second heaven. First and second heaven now is getting ready to be emptied. It's going to be emptied by Michael and his angels cast to the earth in the middle of the tribulation period. In the middle of the tribulation period, the Antichrist will be shot through the head with a bullet. 
in the Middle East, in Western Europe, maybe in Jerusalem. But when the Antichrist comes, he is going to give a false peace. And he gets this false peace, but during getting this false peace, he is killed. When he is killed, he is laid in the morgue for three days. And then there's going to be a war in heaven. Lucifer will come down to earth. Lord, have mercy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Lucifer will come to earth. He's now the prince power of the air. He rules in the heavenlies. He rules in the, the sea, the oceans. He rules all over the world. He has become the God, capital small G-O-D, the God of this age. He rules in the children of disobedience. He rules in the sinner man. He rules in those that don't know Jesus Christ. He controls the lost souls that are lost in 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 in, in the in the world. He's lost. The devil is using these demons and these devils and these nephilim to do what? To control mankind. And so what happens? Lucifer, the devil, will be cast out of heaven, and the only place that he can go, he is going to do the greatest miracle that God will permit him, and it's not of God, it's of the devil, and that is to resurrect the Antichrist from the dead. When the Antichrist comes back from the dead, he's going to do a resurrection. He's going to do a duplicate resurrection, similar like Jesus Christ. But one thing, Jesus Christ died on the cross. The Antichrist died by a bullet. The Antichrist was born in 1968. Jesus Christ was born in 4 AD, 4 BC. Christ has already died, suffered, went to the cross, came out of the grave, went back to heaven. He's been gone for 2,000 years. So he's coming back not to die anymore. The Antichrist is coming, and when he comes, he has to do a fake resurrection to convince the world. Now, when he comes back from the dead, he's not he's going to be the Antichrist, but he becomes the beast. He becomes animalistic. He becomes the more depraved than he already is. He's going to be a beast of all beasts. He's going to be mad. Why? Because his time is running out. And when the world sees this, because he has no evidence that he's the true Christ, he has no nail prints in his hand, he has no weapons on his back, he has no nail prints in his feet, he has no pierced side, the only way that he was killed, what? He was killed by a bullet. But Jesus Christ was killed by the humanity that they did to him. They beat him. They hung him on the cross for, what, six long hours, nine o'clock in the morning to three o'clock in the afternoon. They bled him to death. They ridiculed him. They whipped him. They called him everything but the son of God. They didn't have no respect to who they was killing. But although they killed him, it was a blessing to humanity because by the by the killing of Jesus Christ, he was, took our sins to the grave. And on the third day, he paid the penalty for sin because he was resurrected from the dead. Hallelujah. Praise our God, and now humanity has and a way to escape the wrath of God, Almighty God, and that is through Jesus Christ and not the Antichrist. So the Antichrist comes to Jerusalem. He steps out of the car. When he steps out of the car, 
There's a plan for his assassination, but nobody knows it but the ones who are performing it. He's dressed in white. He drives a white limousine. There's a big crowd around him. Everybody's looking at him. Everybody's saying, this is Jesus Christ. Praise God. The Jews are, are saying that he is Jesus Christ, but he's not Jesus Christ because the Jews have been deceived, and they've been deceived by the covenant that the Antichrist will make with the Jewish people. And the Jewish people right now are getting ready to make a covenant with them. And they're going to make this covenant through the rebuilding of the temple. The temple is getting ready to be rebuilt. They're going to make a seven-year pact with the Antichrist. And he's going to tell them they can build their temple. They can offer sacrifices and animals. And the Jews are going to say, yes, we believe that you are the Christ. Because Christ was the sacrificial death, but they don't recognize that. So they're going to use animals until the middle of the tribulation. When the middle of the tribulation comes, the Antichrist is going to be assassinated, and by his resurrection, he's going to tell the world he wants worship, and he's going to break that covenant. When he breaks that covenant, the world is going to go into the latter part of the three and one half years, and the beast is going to come out of the Antichrist, and he's going to rule the world. He's going to rule it by his power of the resurrection because people are going to believe. They're going to believe that this man that comes dressed in white, driving a white Cadillac, a white car, he's going to step out the car. When he steps out that car, a bulletproof car, but when he steps out of that car in Jerusalem, because that's where the Antichrist is going to rule from. Because the devil wants to rule in Christ's stead. He wants to rule in Christ's place. He wants to be like God. He wants to do miracles like God. He wants to have the power of God. And he's going to step out of that car. When he steps out of that car, a bullet wound will go through his head. And he will be assassinated by an assassin's bullet. And then when they get ready to bury him, they're going to set him up in the morgue for three days. They're not going to put him in the grave. They're going to put him in the morgue. And they're going to let him stay like that for three days. And the three days that he stayed like that, dead, dead as a donor, a bullet through the head. At the same time, there's going to be a war in heaven. And Satan is going to come to this earth with all his demons and the devil himself, that old devil, is going to incarnate himself in the Antichrist, and the Antichrist is going to what? He's going to rise up out of the dead from the bottomless pit, and he is going to claim that he is God Almighty. And then in the book of Revelation, the sixth chapter, it says, in a crown was given to him, and guess what? And then what? And he went forth to conquering and to conquer. He's going to conquer the world through the power of the computer system. He's going to conquer the world through the power of AI. He's going to conquer them because the world is going to call subject to the Antichrist because of the resurrection. And the resurrection, he will call the beginning of the mark of the beast and the latter part of the three and one half years. The three and one half years 
will be a time of Jacob's trouble. It will be a time of hell on earth. It will be a time where men, boys, girls, old folks, young folks, armies, kings, princes, all types of people will have to receive a mark, have to receive a seal, have to receive an allegiance to the Antichrist by receiving the mark of the beast. The last three and one half years, the Bible tells me no man, no child, no baby, no doctor, no postman, no USP, nobody will be able to buy or sell unless they receive the mark of the beast. That is the mark of the beast. That is when you have to receive a mark, have to receive a computer chip in order for you to buy and sell. If you don't receive the mark, you will not be able to buy and sell. You will not be able to do business. You will not be able to do nothing. Why? Because the Antichrist will have control. The Antichrist, the beast, will have control of what? He will have control of the religious system. He will have control of the political system. He will have control of the economical system, and he will have FBI, CIA. He will have the FEMA camps. He will have all kinds of agents working for him because the whole world is going to fall under his spell, under his power. Why? Because men have been deceived and believing that this man is Antichrist, and he will have power over the whole world, and he will rule the world by what? the power that he has over the political, the religious system, and the political system. So now, where we at? The white horse is getting ready to ride. The white horse cannot take charge until what? The rapture. So now we're living at the edge of the rapture. Any day, any hour, any minute, any second, the trumps of God will sound in a split second. In a hair of a split second, every born-again believer will disappear so quick, so fast, that the world will not affect it, will not be affected until after 24 hours. A 24 hours effect, the world is going to recognize something drastic, something awful has happened for the world, and that is the removal of the body of Jesus Christ. When the body of Jesus Christ is, is gone, the world will fall into the hands of Lucifer. We know Lucifer's got control of the world now, but he's going to have full control because God's going to let him, amen, bring his clowns down, his clowns. His demons going to come down, his monkeys and gorillas and everything, all foul spirits will hit this earth. It's called an invasion of demonic demons, and they're going to rule this world and control this world for the next seven years years. The next three years, it will be in full control with the devil. But the devil has to get in first. And when he get in and do this resurrection, amen, then the world's going to fall for it. Guess what? The red, the, the, the white horse will ride first. That's revelation now. This is symbolic. The horse is not going to ride through the sky like the one in the 19th chapter of Revelation. He's going to ride, like I said, a limousine in a white uniform in Jerusalem at the cassette. 
and he's going to get out the car, and it's going to be televised. Oh, yes, it will. It will be televised worldwide. And the world will say, Jesus Christ is on earth. The Jews are going to say, this is our Messiah, and they are going to accept him. But God has to bring them out of that deception. And the world is going to say, finally, Jesus Christ has come. Because all the world rulers that ever ruled the world have a part of ruling the world, and that's the kingdoms of the world that have tried to rule the world, such as Egypt, such as the Assyrian Empire, such as the Babylonian Empire, such as the Median Persian Empire, such as the Grecian Empire, such as the Roman Empire, and the last Roman Empire fell in 476 AD, and it has not been up on earth until 1948, the revived Roman Empire was revived in 1948. In 1948, three nations came in. And the next, next, the next 10 years, 10 nations came in known as the European Common Market or NATO. Well, they are all here, including the, 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 the Levin's Horn spoken by Dan the Prophet. It is here. The Antichrist is here. The Antichrist is getting ready to come. He has been here since 1968. He grew up until he was 55 years old. When he was 55 years old, his father gave him the throne in Madrid, Spain. In Madrid, Spain, right now, there's a man called King Felipe. King Felipe stands at six foot six, and he is what he is telling the world right now in behind closed doors that he's getting ready to come on the scene. He cannot come on the scene until the body of Christ is gone. And when the body of Christ leaves, he's going to come riding on a white horse. He's going to come disguised as Jesus Christ, but he's not Jesus Christ. It's the devil's instrument that he's going to use to deceive the world. Take a break. So when is this thing supposed to happen? How close are we are to the rapture? We are so close that I didn't have time enough to explain how close we are. If I try to explain how close you are, I would have to go back into prophecy since 1948 and come all the way up to 2022 to let you know all what done happened to place this in the time of the rapture. And we got, I can tell you this one thing, the time of the rapture, the time of the rapture will occur. Listen, one, I know it's going to occur is because of the Jewish temple. The Jewish temple is getting ready to be built. The third temple is getting ready to be built. And Jesus Christ, and in the book of the uh, uh, of the apostles of uh, Thessalonians tells us that there's a man that's going to sit in the Jewish temple that's going to consider himself as God, being God, doing the things of God, and ruling like God. And guess what? The Antichrist cannot sit in a temple until the temple is built. And the temple has to be built very soon because the Antichrist is here. And after the rapture of the church, you're going to find out that the, uh, the temple is going to be participating and reestablish the temple. By the time that the Antichrist comes and fool the world, he's going to deceive the world and, and sit in the temple. Because if the temple is not built, did you hear what I'm saying? This is what I'm saying. If the temple is not built, 
then the Antichrist cannot sin in the temple. And if the Antichrist cannot sin in the temple, then he cannot come until the temple is built. And the Jews, if you know Jewish history, because the Jews got the answer. They are wrong in one way, and they're right in another way. They know the Messiah is coming, but they got the wrong Messiah. They rejected the, 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 the Messiah of Jesus Christ, but they're going to accept this Messiah, and they're going to be deceived, but God is going to bring them out of deception. They already got the five red heifers. They're planning to get the, the Ark of the Covenant. They're planning to get the Manoah. They're planning to get all the instruments of the temple. They're planning to get all the priesthood and the epod and all the animal sacrifices that they are going to be doing during the first part of the tribulation period. They're all getting it together because this temple that they're building, they're going to have it constructed under the Old Testament rituals. But when, G when, when the Antichrist comes, he's going to desecrate the temple called abomination desolation. He's going to take that stuff and throw it as trash, and he's going to sit in the temple as if he's God. And he cannot sit in the temple until the temple is built. So where we at? We at the close of the church age. And since we at the close of the church age, the Jews are saying, we are going to build us a temple, the third temple. Three temples have already been built, and they have been demolished. And this is going to be the third temple to reestablish Judaism. And Judaism cannot be reestablished. Judaism cannot be reestablished because Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, made the absolute final atonement for man's sin. Animals is not used no more for the covering of sin. Because the animal blood could not take away sin. The animal blood could not cleanse you from your sin. It was a covering. The only blood, the only blood, the only blood, the only blood, the only blood that can sanctify your soul and save you for eternity is the blood of Jesus Christ. And he made that sacrifice 2,000 years ago. And he said, if I go away, I'll come again and receive him to myself. And now the time has come for Jesus Christ to return. But he can't return to earth and step his feet on earth until the rapture of the church and takes the church to heaven to be judged. And after the seven-year tribulation is over, then Jesus Christ is coming back with the church to judge the world in righteousness. But now the Antichrist is on the verge of coming back. That's the number one. So the Jews is anxious. The Jews is zealous. The Jews is saying we want our Messiah, and he is on the earth now. And when he appears, he cannot appear on the earth until the church is removed. I'm not talking about the local church downtown. I'm talking about the universal church where Jesus Christ has saved everybody on every island, on every continent. Somebody knows Christ. Somebody knows Christ through the blood of Jesus Christ. Those are the ones that Jesus Christ is going to rapture during the time of the catching away. Those that's in the United States, those that's in South America, those that's in Mexico, those that's in Cuba, though, oh, my God, those that's in Russia, those that's in Afghanistan, those that's in Israel, those that's in Eastern and Western Europe, those that know Christ is a part of the sin, washed in the blood, Jesus Christ is going to catch him up.
And when he catch them up, there ain't going to be no righteous person on the earth, not one, not one. All that's going to be left on the earth will be sinners, 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 people who have not received Christ. And so God said, this is what I'm going to do. This is what God said he's going to do. I ain't got nothing to do with it. God said, after the rapture of the church, I'm going to send, I'm going to send 144,000 evangelists during the first part of the three and one half years. I'm going to send Bible-believing, Holy Ghost, baptized, hammer-driving, 144,000 Jews, and they are going to preach the gospel of the kingdom for three and one half years exactly. The church will not, cannot, no way be here at the same time God brings the 144,000 in because the church age will be over at the rapture. The church of Laodicea is the last church age. And God's going to take souls out of the church of Ephesus, souls out of the church of Smyrna, church out of the church of Pergamos, souls out of the church of Thyatira, souls out of the church of Sardis, souls out of the church of Philadelphia, and souls out of the church of Laodicea, because we are all mixed up in there, and only God knows exactly who is saved and who is not saved, because he knows you by your name. He knows how many hairs are in your head. He knows your down city. He knows your uprising. He knows everybody all at one time. He's an all-knowing God. He's a everywhere God. He's a God of gods and the Lord of lords. He's the one that had no beginning and no end. He's the one that come out of eternity. His middle name is Mr. Eternity because he's a forever. He was there before I was, and when I'm dead and gone, he still will be. He's the one that can save man. He's the one that can sanctify man. He's the one that can redeem man. He's the only one, and he did it through his own son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He's coming back. But he ain't coming back riding on him. Riding in the limousine, he's not coming back that way. He's coming back, not on a white horse. He's going to come back dressed to kill. A white uniform, six foot six, come from the linkage of David. Jew and Gentile, he will tell the world that I am the Christ that will save the world. For the last 247 years, I think about 247, America has had 45 presidents to try to lead America into righteousness. Ain't tried to lead. Tried to bring the world into peace. Many leaders have came on the scene and many leaders have died. Dictators have tried to rule the world. Presidents have tried to change the world. No man can change the world. Only one man can change the world, Jesus Christ. Only one man can save the souls of men, Jesus Christ. And so what we got? We got 
the Antichrist coming. That's the first seal in the book of Revelation. And it's an earthly event. It happens on earth. And the world will accept him. The Jews will invite him to be their Messiah. And he will take the offer. In the first three years, there will be a false peace. He has a bow in his hand and no arrows. He come on a peace diplomacy. But in the middle of the tribulation, he starts war. And John said, when I saw this, I was amazed. The Antichrist's name was not mentioned in the Bible, but he has name. He's called the wicked one. He's called the son of perdition. He's called Beelzebub. He's called Lucifer. He's called the old dragon. But his earthly name will not be identified until he comes. But he will come under the name of Jesus Christ. But his name now is King Philippe. He is married. He has two daughters, and he has a wife. He got well standing with the Spanish people. He got well standing with Israel. He got well standing with the Catholic Church. He got well standing with all the dignitaries of the world looking at this man right now, but they can't make a move until the body of Christ is gone. The body of Christ will come during the time of the last three feast days of the Lord God Almighty. The last three feast days that will occur this coming September and October. The last three will be Feast of Trumpets, Feast of Yom Kippur, and Feast of Tabernacle. Feast of Trumpets represent rapture. Oh, come on now. This is Bible. This is B-I-B-L-E. The Feast of Yom Kippur is the return of Jesus Christ to the earth. Atonement. He makes an atonement for Israel. Israel will be introduced to the true Christ. So Yom Kippur means the day of atonement, and that a day of atonement will not happen until Christ opened up the sky and comes back on the white horse to make an atonement for Israel and for the world. And after the Feast of Atonement comes the Feast of Tabernacle. The Feast of Tabernacle represents the millennium reign. That's when Jesus Christ is introduced to the world by the Feast of Tabernacle. That is when the saints of God rule the earth with Jesus Christ in Jerusalem because the millennium will begin in Jerusalem and Christ will sit on the throne in Jerusalem in a brand new temple that's going to be rebuilt during the millennium reign, and Christ will be the centerfold of sitting in the temple, and the world will be able to repopulate through those that came through the tribulation in their natural bodies, but they were saved, and by them being saved, they will go into the millennium reign and remultiply the earth again for a thousand years, and the age limit will be brought back to a thousand years. In other words, you can live during the millennium reign a thousand years. Why? Because God's going to restore what the devil done messed up. And before the millennium reign starts, God is going to bind the devil in the bottomless pit. 
He's going to put him in there and lock him up for a thousand years. That's a fact, Jack. That's a fact, theologian. That's a fact, liar. That's a fact, or mongrels. That's a fact for all those that reject Christ and deny his power. He's going to restore man's soul in the rightful place with God through his son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross, made the atonement for our sin. Now we are not sinners no more. We are the saints of God. We are priests. We are, have a high calling in Christ Jesus. And what's going to happen is the Antichrist is going to be put in hell and the false prophet going to be put in Gehenna but the old devil is going to be bound for a thousand years. And the millennium reign is going to begin. So that concludes of 3,000 years and 3,000 years, 3,700 years. Revelation covers 3,700 years. It covers that. So all that come back together in the book of Revelation. Church age, 2,000 years. Seven years of tribulation, seven years. The millennium reign, 1,000 years. 3,000 years concludes. And then you can say the end of the world. Then you can say the end of the world. The end of the age. The end of all that Satan has called up on this earth for what? 7,000 years, because after the 7,000 years are over, Satan going to be loosed one more time, and he's going to deceive those that came through the millennium reign that did not receive Christ during the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, and he's going to make his last deception to get them to deceive and disbelieve and reject the blood of Jesus Christ. After they had seen Christ, seen the nail prints in his hand, seen every evidence, that the Christ that will rule in Jerusalem in the temple, they're going to see, they're going to talk, they're going to say everything that has been done in the past, present, and future is going to be reviewed, and people still will not accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, showing you that man is totally depraved. Man is a sick puppy. Man lost his mind when he started dealing with sin. Because sin will drive you crazy. Sin will destroy you. Sin will make you mean and cruel. Sin will cause you to do unbelievable things. Why? Because the devil is an unbelieving, rotten, dirty, backwards, fallen cherubim. Damn forever. He knows he's going to hell. He knows what hell was prepared for him. He knows that if he don't get you to be saved, he's got you in hell to be tormented with the fire and brimstone forever. Don't go to hell. Please don't go to hell. If you go to hell, you're going to be wishing that you never was born. You're going to be wishing that somebody would have told you and shook you and turned you upside down to receive Christ. But Jesus ain't going to do that. He said, whosoever will, let him come. Jesus is not making you come to him. He said, I want you to come. You're welcome to come. And he said, I love you so much. I'm willing to give my son give my son up for crucifixion and die and be beaten on. I did that for you. I did that for you, liar, whoremonger, homosexuals, lesbianism, incest. I did that for the unbeliever that he may believe and accept my son. I did that for you. I don't want to see nobody perish. 
God said, I'd like to see everybody come to repentance and be born again. But if you're not born again, you can't go to heaven. You can't go. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. You can't go. I don't care what church you belong to. I don't care your your religious background. I don't care what, what religious background you got. But background ain't going to get you to heaven. You got to come to Jesus Christ. The only sacrifice that was ever made for mankind and all these, denom- all these denominations and all these uh, occults and all these man-made religions won't get you there. It's going to take Jesus to get you there. Antichrist come, what he said? He says, I'm Jesus. He does not require repentance. He does not require baptism. He does not require holiness. He does not require anything concerning the redemption of the soul. And so people like that. People like that. Jesus requires repentance. The devil requires nothing. The only thing the devil wants, he wants you to worship him. That's why he got you worshiping everything right now except Jesus Christ. And the world today is worshiping everything but except Jesus Christ because it has no substance to it. You do what you want to do. You go where you want to go. You cuss when you get ready. You, you, you shoot, you kill, you murder, you rape. You, and, and, and people say, oh, it's still going to heaven. No, that's a lying wonder. God is not going to permit no more sin in his presence. No more. And one thing he's not going to permit, unbelief. You cannot go to heaven in unbelief. That's one sin that can keep you out. If you reject Jesus Christ and walk on this face of this earth in unbelief all your life and be a good churchgoer, but you never believe that Christ died for you, and you never accept him as your Lord and Savior, you've rejected him, and so by that, you will never see heaven. You will never have peace in your life the rest of your life because there's life after death. Physical life is temporary. Eternal life forever. You don't die in spiritual death. If you die without Christ, you will be spiritually separated from God forever. This horse is getting ready to ride. Look out for September, October, November. Look out for those months. There's some dangerous months for those that's not saved. It's a dangerous month for what? Churchgoers. A dangerous month for hypocrites. A dangerous month for unregenerated people who are going to accept this Antichrist as Jesus Christ. John saw this white horse and he said he went forth to conquering the conqueror. Satan wants to conquer the world. He's been trying for the last 6,000 years. He's been doing everything he can to get everybody to go to hell with him. Majority of the world will, Bible fact, the majority of the world, Bible fact, will go to hell. Why? Because they reject the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. This is the first horse that will ride. John said, I saw another horse. Let's, walk, let's, let's see what that horse is. In the sixth chapter, he said, I see the second seal open. And he said, and when he, 
when Christ had opened the second seal, I heard a second beast say, come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given unto him that set thereupon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. This horse portrays war. The Antichrist who sat thereupon took peace from the earth, and they should kill one another, and was given to him the great sword. This proclaims the fact that people will be killed during the time of the great tribulation than any other time similar in the frame of history. This red heart represents World War III. That's what it represents. It's not a man going to come through the sky riding a red horse. No. It's a symbolic to represent war. And war called blitz, shed of blood. The next war on the scene, big war, bigger than World War I and II. This war will be started after the rapture. And this war is Name in the book of Ezekiel, 38 and 39th chapter of Ezekiel, the prophet, 2,600 years ahead of time, prophesied that there's going to be a war called Gog and Magog, Meshach and Tubal. Meshach and Tubal is a land. Gog and Magog is the prince. And the prince of Russia is Putin. Putin is Gog and Magog. And now Russia is getting ready to go with war with Israel. You might not think it, but Putin is looking at Israel. You might not think it, but Russia is in trouble. Russia don't have oil. Russia don't have a lot of goods that they're running out of. Russia is in dismay now. There was a coup the other day. One man tried to said he was tempted to overthrow Russia, but he said it was a test. But Putin is the cause and going to be the cause of the red horse getting ready to ride, and it's going to take peace from the earth. It's going to cause war from that point in time until the end of time. This war will be a devastating war. This war will be caused by the rebellion, rebellion of Russia saying that we are going to capture the Middle East because the Middle East is the richest part of the world than any other part of the world. In other words, they got oil, they got water, they got all the cattle and the camels. They are rich. They are blessed by God because these are God's people and they will be blessed. And Russia is looking at Israel. Israel is a sore in the eye to Putin. He, he may act like he's for the Jew, but he's not for the Jew. And so World War III is on the verge. World War III is coming, my friend. If you want to read about it, read the 38 and 39th chapter of Ezekiel. 
and it tells you Gog and Magog shall come down from the northern parts. When they come down from the northern part, they shall come up on the holy mountains of Israel, and they shall come with chariots, chariots and horses and ammunition, and they're going to go up on the holy mountains of Israel. And in the book of Ezekiel, it says, when they get up on the holy mountains, God Almighty, God Almighty, the God of heaven, the God of the universe, the God of the cosmos, the God of gods, and the Lord of lords is going to stomp his feet. Get, get this now. Read it in the book of Ezekiel, 38, 39th chapter. He's going to stomp his feet so hard that the whole world is going to shake at his stomping. He's going to stomp till every animal, every human being is going to feel the quake of an earthquake. They're going to feel it. And they're going to recognize, because the Lord said in that same book, 38, 39, he said, I'm going to sanctify myself. I'm going to cleanse myself because the world has rejected me. The world has talked about me. The world is lying on me. People have tried to get rid of me, but I'm going to sanctify myself and shake every sin, every blasphemy, every lie, every every. Uh, sin that ever was, and I'm going to prove that the Lord God Almighty rules and reigns, and people are going to do what? They're going to be pulling hair out of their heads. They're going to go into a lunatic attitude. They're going to lose their mind. They're going to find out that it shows you born. It shows that the moon shines and the sun shines and the stars are still hanging in the earth, hanging over the earth. God said, I'm going to let you know who I am. I am the great I am. And beside me, there is nobody else. And he's going to remind the world that look what I did 2,000 years ago, and y'all still rejecting me. And I'm going to prove that I hate sin. And I already proved it. I sent my son. I said how much I hate it. But the next time I come, I'm going to judge your sins. And if your sins have not been forgiven, you're going to have to pay for your own sins. The red horse is getting ready to ride. Keep your eyes on the news. But first, keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. They got nuclear wars. They got ABC biological warfare. They got the atomic bomb. They got the neutron bomb. They got the minute bomb. They got all kind of bombs. They got all kind of explosives. Iran got all kind of explosives. Iran and Iraq is planning to make a ring of fire upon Israel. The Iran and the Palestinians are looking to degrade Israel. They're trying to wipe them off the face of the earth. In the 83rd Division of Psalms, you see the rings of fire that they're going to try to attempt. But God said, I'm going to step in that. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to stop the Gentile nations or any nations for trying to dethrone my people. I'm going to prove to the world that the Jews is my chosen people, and I chose them through Israel. I gave Israel the prominent land. I gave it to them. I gave it to them. They have been removed more than three times. They have been ransacked 40 times. They have been they have been denied their rights to own that land. And God told Abraham, I'm going to give this land to your seed. I'm going to give it to them, and guess what? I'm going to give it to them from the, Egypt, the, the Nile River all the way over to Euphrates River. 
The Euphrates River is a boundary line between China and Iraq and Iran. And I'm going to give the Jews that land, and they will rule the land during the millennium reign. They will be the head of all nations. They will be able to teach the Gentiles exactly who God is. Woo! They will show you the way to God during the millennium reign. And we're going to be worshiping the Lord every day in the millennium reign. And Israel will be the head nation. And the nations of the world, the nations of the world, the nations of the world will catch the whole of the him of the garment of the Jew, and they're going to say, we hear and know that the Lord is with you. Now God proves to the world that the Jews are my chosen people. But first, the cataclysmic war, it would be so bad. It would be so bad that thousands of men will fall on a battlefield. And it would take seven years, listen to me, it would take seven years for them to get rid of the spoils of these armies. It would take seven months to bury the dead. Seven months of burying dead men on the battlefield in Jerusalem. It's going to happen, my friends. Revelation says it's going to happen. Isaiah said it was going to happen. Jeremiah said it was going to happen. Daniel said it was going to happen. Hosea said it was going to happen. Zechariah, Malachi, Amos said it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the land of Israel. Time is out. Get ready, get ready, get ready. You can party. You can you can get, go to your games. You can have fun and fun and fun. But fun is going to run out. Don't let fun run out on you. And you don't know Jesus Christ. Because if you don't know him, you're going to keep on funning. And you're going to find yourself left here. You're going to find yourself in sin. Don't go. The red horse, you got the white horse, you got the red horse. There's another horse. Let's see what it says. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And I beheld, lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balance in his hand. And I heard the voice of him in the midst of the beast saying, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley. See that thou hurt not the oil and wine. Third horse, black horse, not going to ride across the sky. But this World War III is going to affect the economy. It's going to affect the food prices. It's going to affect every eatable thing that man has on this earth for food. That war is going to affect the whole world. There's going to be a food shortage. There's going to be rations of food. There's going to be people so hungry they're going to eat and turn to cannibalism. There's going to be ravages in the street. There's going to be murders. There's going to be people taking other people's stuff for food. There's going to be people eating their own baby. It's going to happen. Why is it going to happen? Why is it going to happen? Because men have rejected Christ. Men are going to reject 
Christ because they believe that they can live without Jesus Christ and God is going to prove it to them. You can't live without me. You can't be successful without me. You can't love me without me. You can't shout without me. You can't sing without me. You can't do nothing without me. And the world is going to find out that it's too late. Cannibalism is already in the United States. Cannibalism is around the world. People eating babies. People eating flesh, human flesh. People are murdering and killing and raping babies and young youth are going into a, a stigmatism of total blindness. And Christ is standing at the door, come on to me, come on to me. I'll set you free. And the world says, I don't want to be set free. I'm free already. If I accept Jesus Christ, you put the handcuffs on me. And if you don't want no handcuffs on you, the handcuffs of freedom and liberty and joy and peace and love, and if you don't want that, sorry for you. Because Jesus Christ is the only one that got it. This black horse had a bear, pair of balance in his hand, and he was weighing the food out. He was rationing food. And this food will be rationed so high until you would have to work a whole day wages to buy a loaf of bread. And a loaf of bread will cost, in that days, and probably go up, it's going to cost you $80, $80 to buy a loaf of bread. And since the cash system is coming, it won't be cash. It will be digital cash. And it will get so bad that families will be turning on families. People will be killing each other. People will be ravaging the houses and in the streets and murdering. It will be no church service. There ain't going to be no gathering around. Only, the only church service you have is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because it's going to be in a dangerous time. And if you accept Jesus Christ during the, uh, during the tribulation period, it's going to cost you a life if you get caught. Because the devil and all his cohorts and all his Nephilims and all his demons and AI, artificial intelligence, will be able to map you down and trace you down and track you down. And if you get tracked and picked up, you're going to have a choice to do one thing or the other, to receive the mark of the beast, to receive the mark of the beast or be killed. I'll say that again. Receive the mark of the beast or be killed. If you see the mark of the beast, you would have power enough to buy and sell and do your business. But if you receive that mark in your hand or in your forehead or get stamped, your soul, your soul, your S-O-U-L, your soul, your eternal soul, will be damned forever. And when you receive the mark of the beast, I don't know how long it's going to take it, but when you receive the mark of the beast, you will in due time break out with boils and sores. And these boils will break out on you. And the Bible tells me the sun is going to heat up so hot that it's going to scorch men's back. And men will be growling and gnawing their tongues because they receive 
the mark of the beast, and their soul will be damned. And the United States is getting ready for this great martyrism that's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of people dying in America and across the world because a lot of people are not going to receive that mark. But America is preparing in the FEMA camps, in the empty wall Walmart stores, and on the train. They got trains now with three levels. They got chains on them. They're going to bind these people and put them on these trains and take them to the concentration camp in America. America is head for judgment. And the judgment is not going to be light. America got to pay for their sins. America got to pay for their rebellion. America got to pay for these church-going folks that don't know Jesus Christ. They're going to have to pay for it because they played with the Lord God Almighty. They rejected the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but they accept the church going stuff. They accept the offices in the church. They got names behind their name. They thought they get important. Their preachers are preaching lies and, 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 and false doctrine, and they're talking about motivation speeches. They're doing everything against the will of God. The Bible said, Paul said, I preach save Jesus. I preach save Jesus and he'll crucify them. I preach that only. If any man preach another Christ, if he's a man preaching another gospel, let him be a curse. And you've got men out there preaching all kind of old foolishness. It ain't preaching the cross. Repentance has to be, or you shall likewise perish. That's the black horse. And the black horse is getting ready to ride. During the tribulation period, there's going to be a great beheading in the United States. In the government, in the United States, at least eight or nine presidents that already been president, and the president that was before president, believed in running this country under the fake, the fake so-called Illuminati's. Illuminati is running this country. The presidents of the United States, some presidents of the United States belong to Illuminati, belong to the Luciferians, belong to these secret societies, and they believe that they are going to take control of this country, which they are right now. We got Biden, and Biden knows about the Illuminati. Don't you believe? Don't you believe all that hogwash he did? He belongs to the Illuminati. Barack Obama belongs to Illuminati. Hillary Clinton, the Bushes belong to Illuminati. President Eisenhower knew something about the Illuminati. President Clinton knows about the Illuminati. They know what they're doing. They ain't fooling nobody. They ain't fooling me. Because all this stuff is going to come out the woodwork like pus coming out of a, a malignant sword. And now America looking for a president. I don't know if they're going to find one or not, but I tell you the next president that's going to what? Not just rule uh, 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 the world, but going to rule America because America is going to join up with NATO. NATO is what? NATO is North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Don't you know where America comes from? America comes from Britain. We come from Britain, and we're going to join up 
with those NATO folks, the Illuminati's secret societies, secret societies. All that you see, all that you hear today is scripture, but it's in scripture behind the scene. And the world is saying, this is what we're headed for. We're headed for the climax of the rapture of the church, and we're headed for the climax of the arrival of the Antichrist, the arrival of war, the arrival of famine, and the last horse. The last horse. Seventh chapter of Revelation, sixth verse, sixth chapter, seventh verse. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale, and his name, a pale horse, and his name that sat in him was death, and what followed him? Hail followed with him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. Listen to this. Three-fourths of the water is three-fourths of the earth is water. Three-fourths of the earth is water. The one-fourth is land. People can't live in water. You live on land. So the whole world land mass is one-fourth left. So every human being represents a fourth part of the earth. And it what what did it do? It killed with the sword, which is war. It killed with hunger, which is famine. It killed with death, which is diseases, and with the beasts of the earth, the animals. The animals gonna get hungry. The animals gonna get wild. They're already wild. People have been attacked by bears and different kinds of leopards and lions. The world is going into a death mode. Death will cover the land. Nobody will escape. Those that will escape will be escaping through Christ. For Christ says, I will keep you in the hour of distress. I will preserve you in the hour of distress. And when war comes, famine comes, disease comes, all kinds of diseases, HIV, the black plague, malaria fever. Oh, man, I can't name them all. You got gonorrhea. You got syphilis. You got... uh, 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 Ebola, you got all kinds of these, over 3,000 diseases and viruses is going to spread around the world, and people are going to be dying. They're going to just drop dead at the close of the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation will be such terrific and terrifying that no man will be able to stand in that great and notable day. That will be the day in which Christ will give man a last opportunity 
And after the 144,000 that the first part of the three and one half years get through with their preaching, and they be taken to heaven, they tell me, God said, I got three men. I got two men. I got two men I'm going to send after the 144,000 get through. This is going to be televised. It's going to be on Internet. It's going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on TikTok. It's going to be on every Internet on the face of the earth. It's going to go worldwide. It's going to go around the world. People are going to witness the last witnesses, and that will be Moses and Elijah will make the last three-and-one-half-year testimony. They're going to testify. They're going to preach. They're going to expound. They're going to proclaim that this is it. They're going to say that Jesus Christ is coming back to set up the millennial kingdom, and they're going to do that for what? Three and one-half years of the gospel being preached by one of one of the two great prophets in the Bible, Moses and Elijah. And the Bible says these men have power enough to bring plagues up on the earth. And Moses was the only man that brought ten plagues up on, up on Egypt. And Egypt represents the world. And Moses brought flies, brought frogs, brought lice, brought all kinds of boils and all kind of cancer sores upon the people in Egypt. And Moses is going to do the same thing when he brings plagues up on the world during the time of the Great Tribulation. And the world will do two things or the other. They will repent and turn to God or they will reject God and give it over to the devil himself. Moses, one of the greatest prophets that ever hit the land, and Moses failed God in the land of Egypt. And by Moses failing God, God said, Moses, I'm not going to let you into the land flowing with milk and honey. You can't go in because you struck, you struck the rock two times instead of once. But Moses, I tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to kiss you to death, and I'm going to bury you somewhere along the foot of Mount Nebo. Nobody knows where the grave is of Moses. Nobody. And the devil was trying to have confrontation with the Lord to get Moses' body. Two reasons why Moses wanted, why the devil wanted Moses' body. Number one, he wanted to set up idolatry and idolatrize Moses. And he wanted to use his body to get in it. He wanted what? He wanted to prevent Moses from coming back in the last days to bring the ten plagues that's going to come upon the world in the three and one-half years. So Moses is going to be resurrected. And when he's resurrected, he's going to be put in the land of Israel because he never entered it. And God said, all right, Moses, I called you at Mount Sinai, and I'm calling you again. I'm calling you in 20, 
whatever, 2028, 2029, I'm calling you and I'm sending you and Elijah to Jerusalem at the temple site, and I want you to preach. I want you to preach. I want you to preach that Christ is coming back, period. And so Moses is coming back. And the Bible says Elijah is coming back. What did Elijah do that's going to be done at the end of the seven-year tribulation? What God is telling us, he's telling us right now, Moses is going to bring a three and one-half years famine with no rain. No rain for three and one-half years. It's going to get so bad that people going to want to drink blood for their thirst. They're going to want to drink water. But the water is going to be so bitter that if you drink it, you'll die. It's going to get bad because man got to pay for his sins. And they're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom for three and one half years. And at the same time, God's going to make a last call. He's going to send three angels out to circle the earth. Let's see what we can find in there that said these angels are going to circle the earth and what are they going to do. Let's go to the 14th chapter of Revelation. 14th chapter of Revelation. We will read these words. It says this. In the 14th chapter of Revelation, we read these. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the altar with fire, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud to him that had a sharp sickle. Thrust in thy sickle, gather the cluster of the vine of the earth, for the grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust the sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it to cast it in the great wine press and of the wrath of God. And these here represent the angels of bringing judgment on the earth. And at the same time, they will be preaching. They will be preaching in the midst of the heaven, flying through the heaven. Listen. And I saw. Another angel fly in the midst of the heaven, having this everlasting gospel preached unto them who dwell on the earth, to every nation and kindred and tongues and people, saying with a loud voice, Woe, he said, no, it says, with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory. 
for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him who made the heavens and earth and the sea and the foundations of the earth. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine and wrath of her fornication. And a third angel. These angels are going to fly around the world now. This ain't no joke. If these saucers can fly as fast as they can, God said, I've got some angels. I've got some righteous angels. And the third angel followed him, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive the mark of his forehead or on his hand, the same shall drink of the wine and of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of his holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And guess what? The three angels are going to be moving in the latter part of the last three and one half years. So God is going to make sure that the whole world hears the gospel through the church, through Israel, through the two witnesses, and through the three angels, they're going to hear the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the gospel is, Jesus Christ was crucified, died on the cross, buried in the grave, raised on the third day morning, with all power in heaven and in earth in his hand. That's the gospel. Repent. Somebody out there needs Jesus Christ. This is Elder Bazaar. I'm sorry I had a little trouble getting on, uh, 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 on the air. Uh, I try not to let that happen again because I don't want to get you confused. Amen. I went to sleep and my agent called me and I had to get my bears. So y'all pray for me that I continue on. My friend wasn't here with me today, but that's all right. We're going to continue to pray for him uh, that he'll be with me uh, on Wednesday. God loves you. I love you. And Jesus Christ loves you with all his heart. Repent. Confess the Lord Jesus Christ with your mouth and believe with your heart that he died for your sins. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let the church say amen. This hour that we're living in, for those that are lost, is a sad hour. People dying every day without Christ. It hurts. It hurts for those that love the Lord and love to see somebody. It hurts me to see people die without Christ when they could have the opportunity accepting him and receiving eternal life. Pray for me. God bless you. If I don't see you here, I'll talk to you here. Hope to see you in the rapture. Remember, the rapture months, September, October, and November. Three more feast days left. What you going to do about it? And I ain't picking no day or time, but this is the year that the Lord is coming. I pray that you answer the call in Jesus' name.